630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Yamamoto's got McLeod. He's got a breakaway. Ready to go. He scores. Ryan McLeod on the backhand with the beauty. His second of the game. Big game for Ryan McLeod, first ever three-point game in the National Hockey League. He has two goals and an assist, and the Edmonton Oilers take care of business against the Arizona Coyotes. 6-1 is the final tonight at Rogers Place. The Oilers have won seven straight on home ice. They bump up their record for the season to 37-25-5. Big showdown coming up in a couple of days against the Los Angeles Kings, who are currently in action against the Seattle Kraken, and will keep you updated on that game as we move along tonight. I can tell you that at the moment, after two, Seattle is winning 3-1 over Los Angeles. Todd McClellan behind the Kings bench coaching in the NHL for the 1,000th time. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It's 10:19 live in Studio 99. I'm Reed Wilkins. Rob Brown will join me in a few minutes for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line as the Oilers respond after that ugly loss to the Calgary Flames on Saturday night. They play an opponent who is not having a good season has some guys out with the injuries and the Oilers pretty much control the game except for a couple of small sections where maybe there was a little bit of a, a push from the Arizona Coyotes but this was Edmonton's game pretty much from the outset they scored on their very first shot on goal 405 into the game McDavid got his 36th of the season from Jesse Pugliarvi McDavid now with a 10 game point streak Pugliarvi a nice outing from him he got moved on to McDavid's line tonight playing along with Evander Kane as well Pugliarvi also picked up an assist in the third period really nice feed to Leon Dreisaitl, who is now up to 48 goals on the season. And Miko Koskinen, a strong night in net. He is now 24-10-3 on the year. He stops 31 out of 32 to get the, the victory. As the Oilers uh, tonight, again, asserted themselves early, just past the halfway point of the first period. They were up 2-0. Coyotes got a little bit of life late in the first on a power play goal by Clayton Keller who nearly scored in the second period and probably, well not probably, it was Miko Koskinen's best save of the game there but for the most part Koskinen solid, did what he needed to do and I would say the Oilers as a whole as a whole did what they needed to do as Rob Brown joins me in the booth here at Studio 99. It's one of those games you actually called, I think you said 5-1 or 6-2 so yeah. we'll split the difference <laughs> so you basically got it. Yeah, I, you know I always hate saying it's a, it's a game the Oilers uh, should win, need to win, or going to win, um, because hockey's a crazy game. It no, is, nobody yeah. goes 82 and 0, but a, a game in which the Oilers should have been heavily favored, yeah. and they and they they played like it. I mean, give them credit for bouncing back. They didn't fool around. They didn't look like there was any lagging issues from the game against Calgary. They just went out and took care of it tonight. Well, the, the hockey players or, or any athletes, when you get to the top level, you have to have short memories because if you uh, you know think too much of the past or worry about what just happened it affects the next game and so you want to forget it as quickly as you can uh, improve on the things that you made mistakes at and 
go out and play the play the game. I mean, the Oilers have been playing well. They had a, a big hiccup in Calgary, but before that, they'd played some solid hockey and they felt good about themselves they they put themselves in a position where they could challenge for a home ice advantage in the first round and you don't want to you know let one bad game get you going in a wrong direction so they came out tonight uh this Connor mcdavid didn't have to do a whole lot in this game but he scored a goal early in the game that set the tone uh they got players up and down the lineup that contributed defensively they were much better now this is arizona and it's not calgary so they're not going to be tested as much as not gonna be as much stress on them but they did play a much simpler game and uh, the biggest thing too they got good goaltending and that's something that you don't get overlooked in a 6-1 hockey game usually all right here's head coach jay woodcroft after saturday night what what how did you like the kind of the bounce back from your team tonight yeah i thought it was a good effort by our team um it was pretty business-like uh mindset heading into the game and um you know, we did what we had to do in order to walk away with the two points, so it was a good win for our team. How many games like that did you see Ryan McLeod play in, in Bakersfield? Well, I've had a front row seat to Ryan's development over the last three and a, three and a half years or so. I've seen him score lots of goals over that time, and you know what? He uh, We've charged him today with helming his own line, driving his own line, and he did a heck of a job uh, with that line with Fogel and Ryan. I thought they gave us good minutes, not only five on five, but power play for Ryan and penalty kill for McLeod and Derek Ryan. Given the, you know, you talked about the special teams driving his own line tonight. He's had the opportunity to play up on the wing. Is he kind of this Mr. U utility for you guys? Uh, is he yeah. on his stride here? Yeah. Yeah. And I think for a young player in his position in the league, he's figuring out what his capabilities are, what he needs to work on. And uh, I think it's a compliment when some of our best players want to play with him. Uh, so it's a compliment to him. Uh, like I said, today he drove his own line and um, they were good line for us tonight Jay when he's playing center and, and he's in motion a little bit more often and we see his speed more do you, you know not that he doesn't like playing wing but when you look at McLeod do you ultimately see him just with that speed and in motion ideally is center the better position for him yeah I think when he's um, transporting the puck through the neutral zone, and you can do that as a winger as well. And I, like I said, I, I think when you're putting good players together, they find a way to get the job done. When he's in the middle of the rink, he seems to touch the puck a little bit more. He's someone uh, that I think gets a little bit of juice when he is carrying the puck through the neutral zone. And, um, you know, tonight he did it five on five, but uh, also uh, on the power play as well. So. A good, good game by Ryan. Yes, Apolliarvi. You'd mentioned there were some guys you wanted more of. He seemed, you know, right in the game, right from the get-go. Had two really pinpoint passes tonight. Just, you know, Apolliarvi when he's on his game can really be a difference maker for your team. Yeah, I like the chemistry of that line today. I thought he did a really nice job. I told him on the bench of, of working into kind of a high support position in the offensive zone. He picked off a few passes, including that opening goal, but it, it happened a few other times during the game. I thought he was involved physically. Played in straight lines, went hard to the net, played a little bit on the power play today, had some good chances there. He was a good player for us tonight. Jay, you talked about the response. Uh, what quality comes to mind when assessing your team's ability to respond in that manner? Well, I mean, 
nobody was happy with the result the other night. Uh, we had a day off to think about it and stew about it. And, and um, you know, this morning we had some hard meetings. The players were challenged and, and uh, they responded. It's a full credit to the players in our dressing room for uh, honestly looking um, at their own personal games, at our team game, and trying to come up with a, a recipe that that is going to serve us well down the stretch here. And that's uh, that's not on the coaching staff or anybody else. That's the players in the dressing room who found a way to get it done. Now we're looking for a measure of consistency here down the stretch. And speaking of responses, what about Miko Koskinen? I thought Miko was excellent tonight. Uh, you know, I don't think the score is an accurate reflection of the game that he played uh, in terms of how close uh, or how the quality of some of the chances that he made saves on that that one in the second period was a five alarm save and uh, he should feel real good about his personal game tonight as well as our team game. It hasn't all been, you know, positive since you got here, but it seems like that Calgary game was maybe the first time where you really needed to dig in with the group in a different way. And for the first time as a head coach doing that with this group, how did you find they responded and what was your approach to, to digging in in that way, maybe for the first time with some guys? Sometimes you might not see it, but see, behind closed doors, sometimes there are pointed meetings, either with individuals or, or with the team in general. I think uh, the attitude or mindset that we brought in um, following that Calgary game was to, to use it as a growth opportunity that presented itself. And um, like I said, nobody was happy with that game. Uh, we charged ourselves with seeing things clearly. Um, not sweeping anything under the rug, being direct with what we wanted to see. And at the end of the day, our players responded. They're the ones that should feel good about themselves uh, with what they threw down tonight. Ryan McLeod at times has played, you know, in, in the top couple of lines on the wing. You talk about giving him the opportunity to center his own line. Is that... Is that the way you want them to view that? Where, the, regardless of where they are in the lineup, an opportunity for him, like uh, for him to grab onto, and like you're you're feeding him that responsibility. Yeah, I think um, what we said to our players: it, it doesn't matter where you are in the lineup. Uh, there's room for contribution and room for greatness from everybody. Um, some people we've asked to do a little bit more. Some people were asking to do a little bit less, but better. And um, uh, in the end, everybody on our team is important and their contribution is important to the cause. And uh, they're well aware of that. Um, and that's something that we've wanted to establish here is that everybody's valued and everybody has a part on our team. There's two ways it can go after a game like Saturday, and you never really know which way it's going to go until the puck drops. But in those meetings, when you're sort of delivering that constructive criticism, did you get a sense of how it was being received, and, and maybe that was a precursor to how things were going to go tonight? Well, I, I believe our players want to win. I believe they want to continue to establish an identity that's going to lend a team to find ways to win when it counts. Um, I think our players are driven by that. So uh, were we disappointed with the way that game ended on Saturday night? 
yeah, everybody was. To a man, we all felt we could be better. But at the end of the day, that game was worth two points. The same way today's game is worth two points. So the mindset that we've tried to ingrain in this group right off the bat when uh, Dave Manson and I came up from Bakersfield was, we're going to take care of the day's business. Are you going to have good days? You're going to have some good days. Are you going to have some tough days? Yeah, you're going to have some tough days. But I think if you have that mindset that you do what needs to be done on that day, sometimes the results just take care of themselves. And, you know, following that, that game that we turned in in Calgary, we, what was required were some of those hard meetings. And as I said, our players responded, uh, and the full credit goes to our players. Is, uh, is Kane out of the box yet, or is how... how... <laughs> good, good point. It seemed like four penalties in a row there. I mean, he couldn't make it back to the bench. Like, well, what, do you, what do you say to the guy in, in that situation? Yeah, I mean... I... The penalties were called. I'm not going to get up here and, and uh, dispute the, the penalties that were called. And uh, you know, obviously, uh, Vander Kane's an important player for us. We want him on the ice as much as possible. Uh, separate to the game, uh, your guy that you came up coach with, Todd McClellan, uh, coaches a thousand game uh, tonight. Uh, just some comments on, on Todd's career from your vantage point, a guy who worked uh, close beside him. And then, of course, for a thousand and one, you'll see him face to face in a, in a race for second place. Yeah. Um, Todd is somebody who's had a profound impact on me, uh, not just as a young coach, but as a young person. Uh, I've used the term that he's. Um, he, he taught me a lot of things by the simple eloquence of his, his example. Um, he has a great family, um, and uh, to, to watch them celebrate this together, a uh, thousand games, what an achievement. I think I read today that it's only 31 uh, coaches have ever done that. And, uh, you know, he's someone who's at the top of his craft, and, and uh, there's a reason he got to coach that many games. Todd got his first job answering an ad in the paper in Saskatchewan and got a job in North Battleford. Uh, what does that say about a guy who's you know, coached a thousand games in the NHL who just answered an ad in the paper? Well, I think it serves as inspiration to people that have dreams. Um, and I don't believe in setting limits on anyone's potential, let alone your own personal potential. Uh, so that is a, uh, a great example of somebody who is dedicated, somebody who um, put everything in into trying to be the, the best that he could be at his profession. And um, as I said, there's a reason uh, he's coached a 1,000 games. One last question on McLeod. Does his speed catch people off guard. He hasn't been in the league long enough. It looks like he's blowing by people and they're going, oh, this isn't McDavid. This is Ryan McLeod. This is speed. In the American League level when he was there for three years, they saw a lot of him, but he's in the NHL now. Do you think his speed catches people off guard? Yeah, I mean, it's dynamic. It's not Connor's level of speed, but it's, it's a very high level of speed. And the other thing is that uh, what has grown with him over the last few years is his puck confidence while at top speed. So he doesn't necessarily need to slow down to uh, pick his way through the neutral zone or pick his way through checks. Um, he has elite speed and uh, 
you know, when he's using it, it puts teams on the back foot. And so the goal he scored then was the kind of goal he would have scored in the American League. Yeah. But now if he yeah. get that in the NHL, it's, he's going to be his goal. I've seen that goal before many times in the American Hockey League from Ryan McLeod. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Live on 6.30, Chad, that is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after a 6-1 win over the Arizona Coyotes. The Japanese Village goal light is on on 630Ched.com. We activate it whenever Edmonton scores five or more in a game. You can go to the website, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Yeah, good game for McLeod. And we've seen him, Rob be more comfortable pushing the pace and sort of claiming ice he's he, he, i mean when we saw him come up last year at times he almost felt like maybe he doesn't know exactly where he wants to go or he does but he's not sure if he can get there we've seen him get better in that department and then some nice finish tonight well, he's getting more assertive, and that comes with being confident and realizing that you belong. A lot of young players come up, and they're still intimidated by the game, by who they're playing against, by who they're sitting beside in the dressing room. Uh, when they get the puck on their stick, they feel as though they got to give it to someone else who's supposedly better than them. And as you play more, you start to realize that you fit in and you gain confidence, and I think that's what's happening with him. Uh, the, the finish hasn't been there yet. And you just heard Jay Woodcroft talk about that he has finished at the minor league level. You get to this level, the goalies are better. Uh, you don't have as much time to take the shot. You have to get it off quicker. You've got to think quicker. And when you're as fast as he is, and Jay Woodcroft talked about it, he's starting to get more confidence with the puck on a stick going that speed. Most players, when they get the puck on their stick, we slow down. And the reason we slow down, if you're going really fast with the puck on your stick, you're getting to your defender quicker. So that means you got to think quicker. And that's what sets Connor McDavid so, uh, is so different than anyone else. He's going that speed, making those decisions that fast. For the rest of us, okay, I'm going to slow down so I can look around, see where I want to go with the puck. Well, McLeod, who is fast, close to McDavid fast, he now has to make his decisions faster when he's going at that speed. And he's now starting to learn that. And uh, that's going to make him a much more effective hockey player as he goes forward. But tonight was a, a stepping stone for him, a confidence builder. And if you're fourth line can get you three goals in a hockey game, as they did, then that's going to bode well for the Oilers' depth going forward. That's our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line. The special teams, we, we thought the Oilers, well, the Oilers did coming into this game on paper have a huge advantage because the Coyotes' power play was 31st, their PK 30th, as we'll update the power plays. And tonight, this will be the Evander Kane stat <laughs> for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including their new Camrose location. Check out Extreme with an X, powerproducts.com. Oilers one for three. Arizona one for four, including three consecutive power plays in the first half of the third period. As here was the sequence for Evander Kane. Final minute of the second, he gets a coincidental. He's on the ice, gets a penalty, comes back on the ice, gets a penalty, comes back on the ice, gets a penalty. The Oilers killed them all off. They would. I would have been scared to death, though. The last time I came on, I don't care where the puck is. I'm driving right to the bench, and I'm like, I'm sitting down. You know, you can have a breakaway because I know if I check you, I'm going to get a penalty. I've never seen that. In all honesty, I've never seen a guy get four straight penalties. Not in that close succession. No. Oh, God, no. So that like was... Yamo got, well, Yamo got three in a period earlier this season. Not long ago, actually. But they were spread, spread out, out, and there were other penalties. This one was—he never got back to no, the bench. No, it was all. 
So it, in, in all honesty, he never got between all four of them because the other one, it was he would have went to the dressing room. He never would have went to the bench. So he had four straight penalties without seeing his bench. The Oilers killed him off. Uh, and, the, and the problem for the Oilers, they gave up the one power play goal against. That was bad luck. It was one that went off of the stick of Hyman and, and fooled uh, Koskinen in net. And their Oilers power play, uh, they scored... That they, get, they had the one on the second power play, and they look dangerous on the other one. So once again, the Oilers' specialty teams had had a good night, just like they did in Calgary. They had a good night. The only difference is the five-on-five five game was much, much better than it was in Calgary. Yeah, six-one. The Oilers win it, and a good game for Koskinen as he stops 31 out of 32. Like you said, just the power play goal that deflected off one of his own guys beats him tonight. Certainly one outstanding save, three or four others that were solid. Other than that, just a tidy performance by Costa. It was. He, he never looked like he was under stress. Uh, the one save everyone will be talking about tomorrow was the one on Keller. It, it, I mean, from our vantage point, there's no way that Keller wasn't scoring that. He had an entire wide-open net, and that's the best goal score that Arizona has. He's having a fantastic year. Uh, and, but Koskinen didn't give up on it, came all the way across and got the pad on and then got the rebound. Uh, to me, though, it, it, we talked about it upstairs with Bob, the, the save that uh, was what really helped the Oilers push forward in this hockey game was it's 2-1 at the beginning of the second period, and Arizona had a good first shift of the second period, and Koskinen faced a grade-A scoring chance right in the slot and, and turned it aside, and the Oilers eventually uh, stretched into a 3-1 lead right after that. So that, that there is the type of save that the Oilers need, a big save at the right moment. Koskinen gave him that. Koskinen gave him a solid start tonight. I can tell you this as well. The total donation for the season from James H. Brown and Associates, unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results, $23,300 to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. James H. Brown giving $100 for every Oilers goal. 6-1, the final damage tonight at Rogers Place. Seven consecutive home victories for the Oilers. You can chime in at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline. Powered by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty pro all the way. You will also hear from Ryan McLeod. Three points tonight on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. For Keeney, played it to an open wing. Arizona's on the puck, Cam Kipnini pinches down from the wall in front, side of the net, and what a save made by Miko Koskinen. He absolutely robbed Clayton Keller. Yeah, that's the stop we are talking about. That is Miko's save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. The Oilers win over the Coyotes 6-1. They sweep the season series against the Coyotes, outscoring them 16-5. The Coyotes' record now 20-41-5. Edmonton is 37-25-5. So they, they're going to be third in the division, Rob, regardless of what happens tonight. But I can tell you on the Edmonton Trailer scoreboard, looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. 13 minutes left. The Kraken lead the Kings 3-1. So if that holds, the Oilers... Just two points behind the Kings with a game in hand, and they play each other on Wednesday. Yeah, the, the game Wednesday could be for second place in, in the division. I tell you right now, there are two cities that are cheering wildly, or actually three cities cheering wildly for Seattle to win in that game. Seattle, Edmonton, and Vegas. The Golden Knights want to get back into this playoff race. Uh, L.A. has a game in hand on them. 
they may be wasting it tonight against Seattle, and then they're going to be cheering for the Oilers on Wednesday night. Vegas, if they get healthy, are a dangerous hockey club. The LA Kings are going to try and hang on to that playoff spot. Hanging on to playoff spots, losing to Seattle on home ice is not a good recipe. Hurricanes all over the Capitals, 6-1. Blues beat the Canucks, 4-1. Sabres over Chicago, 6-5. It was 4-0 Chicago at one point in that game. The Blackhawks have had some problems as of late holding on to big leads. They had a 3-0 lead against the LA, or no, against Vegas the other night in the third period. Ended up losing that hockey game. Chicago can score. Without flurry, they cannot defend. Yeah, that's a, uh, I mean, the, in the Central Division, Colorado's good, 98 points. The Minnesota's second, 84. They've won six in a row. St. Louis has 81. You had Nashville with 80. And now Dallas is more in the wild card race as opposed to trying to get in the top three. They have 75. Uh, Winnipeg's with 74. Winnipeg's played more games than Dallas, so that's going to be tough for them. But, yeah, Minnesota is they're, – they're interesting to watch. Um you know, with that trade, and uh, when we've seen them play, really impressive. I mean, they could go after it. They're, they're impressive because it's outside of Kaprizov, it's a no-name group. It's a bunch of uh, guys you don't know very well because it's not a team that's got five or six great goal scorers. It's one fantastic superstar out of Russia. And then a bunch of hard workers. They got size, they're physical, they forecheck hard, they defend well. And the one thing that had held them back a little bit as of late was they were getting, you know, suspect goaltending. Uh, Talbot, since the trade for Flurry, has been excellent, and they traded for Flurry, who's got a, a a track record of being big in big moments and big games. And they're a team that they will wear you down at plus. They went to Game Seven last year, didn't they? In their playoffs, I thought they took was it Colorado or Vegas one of those teams to seven games last year in the playoffs they were and then lost in the final oh, one. yeah Vegas I think yeah, yeah. so they, they're they're a hardened team they're well coached uh, I, Colorado is the best team in the Western Conference but there are other teams that can sneak up and beat you if you you fall asleep on them for a second Minnesota is one of those teams uh, Jordan Everly has scored now 4-1 so on Wednesday night the Edmonton Oilers have a chance to jump into second place with a victory over the LA Kings 780-496-0063 is how you can get in touch. We have Sir Robert standing by. Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey, Reed. Hey, Rob. How you guys doing? Good. Well, I mean, you know what? Uh, I mean, I mean, I guess I'll start by saying this. I mean, it would have been easy against a team like Arizona for, you know, I mean, maybe for the Oilers to kind of maybe, I guess, take their foot off the gas part way through. But... I only saw, I only saw, I guess mostly the third period. But I guess what I liked was even even when they were up five-one against against Arizona, a team that we all know is bad. I liked, I liked how in the third they just continued to just keep it simple. They didn't, they weren't trying to get cute and fancy. They just they locked it down. They did what they had to do. They got the two points because as you guys are saying it doesn't matter who you're playing if you fall asleep you can lose to anybody and i guess i have uh, a one more quick one you know i think you know what uh, i'm gonna uh, i'm just gonna predict right now the others are gonna finish second and they're gonna play and they're gonna play the kings in the first round and uh i guess that's all i got all right appreciate it sir robert Oilers win 6-1 over the arizona Coyotes. is now 5-1 for seattle 
It is 5-1 okay. now as the Seattle Kraken scored two goals 29 seconds apart to take it from 3-1 to 5-1. L.A. is in trouble tonight. L.A. is a beat-up hockey club, and uh, are, you wonder if injuries are going to cost them second place or possibly a playoff spot as we go forward. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the... You can't... I remember earlier in my career, I used to think, well, you can't talk about injuries. Like, don't mm -hmm. make excuses. Like, just talk about how the player played. And I remember once talking, I think it was one of the college coaches I knew in Lloyd Minster. And I did, didn't want to ask about this player who was out. And then we started talking off mic. And he's just like, like, he goes, we can't replace this guy. No. I mean, he goes, everybody played hard, but he's a veteran. He scored, might have been a basketball coach. So he scores 20 to 30 points a game. Like, nobody else can... Nobody else can do that. Well, it's true. Well, if you look at L.A. right now, Drew Doughty's out. He's yeah, their best nobody, defenseman. Nobody no one's even close to him. I mean, there are some guys yep. you can sub other sub players in and out. For. And for a short period of time, someone can play yeah, above especially themselves. Especially in hockey because it's, there's so many other factors in a game. And but right now, Vegas, they're missing Pacioretty and Stone. That's their two best wingers. They're missing Riley Smith, their second best centerman. They're missing a, a, there's a player in the third line. They're missing, they were missing Martinez. They're missing two other defensemen. Then they're missing their starting goalie. Yeah. And... Well, look at the other special teams without Nugent Hopkins. Yep. No, granted, he wasn't in on the goal tonight, but the well, last couple and of that's, games. And that's small compared to what other teams are going through. So injuries do make a difference. Players, players and coaches won't talk about it, and, and they shouldn't. But they're also not blind to the fact that if, we're, if Connor McDavid was out of the lineup, the Edmonton Oilers would notice that Connor McDavid was out of the lineup. So injuries do become a factor over the course of the season. That's why you want to bank points when you're healthy. And we talked about it a lot at the beginning of the year when the Oilers were healthy and they're playing teams that were either in COVID protocol or if they had some injuries. And we talked about the importance of beating teams when they're down, when, they, when they're not fully healthy, because at some point they are going to get healthy. And you want to make sure you bank, bank those points. Well, teams like LA who bank points early are now desperately trying to hang on as they're battling through a ton of injuries. All right, the Oilers win 6-1 over the Coyotes at Rogers Place. You're going to hear from Ryan McLeod and Miko Koskinen when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Now down low to Connor McDavid. In front, look for looking for Leo Dreisaitl. It's loose at the side of the net. Arizona turns it over. Here's Paul Yarby. In front, scores! Dreisaitl! He ties Austin Matthews with his 48th goal of the season on the Coyote cake tonight. The Oilers beat Arizona 6-1. Dreisaitl's 48th. I can tell you this, Leon Dreisaitl did not record a power play point tonight, Rob, so Landon gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. I set the line before the game at one and a half for power play points for Leon. He gets zero, courtesy River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. Pugliarvi, two assists tonight. First one, he keeps the puck in, kind of chops it down low. McDavid gets it in front, makes a beauty on the backhand. But that pass to Dreisaitl, that's what I want to see more of Pugliarvi. Because I feel like when he's not on his game, when he's going through maybe a bit of a swoon, he almost looks like he's rushing or he doesn't even want the puck. He does those quick one-touch touches and just gives it to somebody else or gives it back to the guy who gave it to him. That play, he saw the ice, moved to a better angle, made the pass, bang, it's in the net. He, he was assertive. Uh, there's times where he looks like he's in a panic. He's like, okay, the, the play is to here, so I got to get there as quick as possible. And he ends up throwing a hand grenade or a bomb or some pass that's waist high. 
Uh, the first one, he makes a really nice play on the boards, keeping the puck in. And then uh, put it in a spot where Connor could skate to it. So he, he put it into a, an open area. That was a nice play. And the one, uh, and we talked to him after the game, the, the second assist he had, he just hunted down a puck in the offensive zone. He is very good on the forecheck. He's a big man with a huge wingspan. He's strong. I don't think he really realizes how strong he is because there's a number of times guys run into him and he kind of looks at them as they're on the ice, like, how did you fall? Uh, Strahlman found that out early in the game. Uh, but when he's assertive and confident, and I think from uh, what I've seen with Yessi, everything is confidence with him. And when he's confident, he makes plays like he did to the end. That wasn't an easy pass, but he put it exactly where he had to put it because uh, the, the dry settle stick was behind the goaltender. And he got the puck there. It was a nice play. Uh, he had a nice game. He stepped up, and it was an opportunity. He moved up in the lineup, and he took full advantage of it. Oilers out shoot the Coyotes 42-32, including... 35-22 through the first two periods. As I mentioned, Koskinen gets the win. 31 saves on 32 shots. The starter for the Coyotes, Karel Vimelka, stops 30 out of 35. Yosef Koshinash stops 6 out of 7. Okay, seriously, I don't know how you get that Koshinash out of that name. There's well, no, there's no S, there's no H, H there's no Z. It makes perfect sense. It doesn't make sense to me. They, everyone should be named Smith. Because I'm terrible with... <laughs> Actually, I, mess, I mess Smith up all the time, too. Who am I kidding? Uh, but that he came in and he played well. Kozanash came in and played well for the Edmonton or for the Arizona Coyotes when he had the opportunity. I honestly believe they pulled the starter just out of fatigue. He played last night. Winnipeg was outstanding. He had already faced 35 shots after 40 minutes. And I think at that point, they're thinking, okay, you know what? We're going to have to ride this guy because our backup uh, is not experienced, so let's get him a rest. This game is already over. They they put the the, the young goalie in there, and uh, he, he played fine. He was he was good enough to to mop up the game for Arizona. So who another tough break for them? Lawson Kraus didn't finish the game with an yeah. upper body injury. Well, he took a puck in the hand. It was the one where they blew the whistle down, and he's he was laying there, and he's like he argued it afterwards because they made him leave the ice, but then he never played again. Um, he took a puck in the hand. One of his own players shot it, and unfortunately, he's out. And he's having a great year, Kraus, too. 20 goals on the season, career high for him. Uh, you hate getting injuries near the end of the season. It messes up your entire off-season of training uh, to get prepared for the next year. So that's a loss for a team that has just been decimated with injuries this year. And they weren't a, a deep team to start with, so when they start losing top-end players, they're in trouble. Some other stats here. Coyotes slight advantage in the faceoff circle, 52%. The uh, Oilers leading faceoff guy, Leon, goes 13 out of 23 for 57%. Well, I mean, Broussard went 2 out of 3, so he had a better percentage. But again, Drysdale takes so many faceoffs. 13 out of 23 for him. Uh, I mean, a lot of good stats here for the McLeod with the three points. Drysdale 1 and 1. Pliarby 2 assists. McDavid stretches the point streak to 10. Ice time was more evenly distributed tonight. Uh, McDavid played just over 19 minutes. Dreisaitl played 18:34. Had six shots on goal. Barry had six shots on goal. Uh, nobody was minus, as you might expect. Who had the most? Uh, Barry was plus three. Kulak was plus three. They were the plus-minus leaders. So just a bit of the stats picture there. A much better stat page after tonight's game than just it was bit. after the last game. Just a so. bit. There were minuses everywhere after that one. <laughs> yes, there were. And some had bundles of them. <laughs> Shows you how good a game Nugent Hopkins had in Calgary, though. He had the four points, and he was plus one in a game they were outscored 9-2 even strength. Yeah. What a Nugent play tonight. 
uh, played 20-31, had a shot on goal, one for six in the face-off circle. Yeah, the Oilers' power play, you now again, the Arizona PK, but they, like I thought it was dangerous even when they didn't score. The first yes. unit didn't score, but they're they're really firing the puck around. And, and again, you see the impact of Nuge because he can pass. I know he doesn't have a ton of goals this year, but teams know he's a threat to snap off that, that little shot and try to go low blocker on a goaltender. And then I almost feel as if they could put there's a competition for ice time down low. Well, there certainly is. Is it Yessi? Is it Hyman? Is it Kane? Is it Yamamoto? And at times, they've all excelled there. They have, and it's right now it seems like Kane has been the odd man out. Yeah. Um, they started the first couple power plays with Hyman, and then eventually it went to Pugliarvi. Uh, and then the second unit has Kane and Yamamoto on it, but everyone knows in Edmonton, the second unit, you're usually looking for scrap time because the, unless there's a, a whistle, they're not coming off. So... Uh, they, that will be interesting as we go down the, the stretch here for players such as Kane, who is having such a strong stretch of games that all of a sudden power play time, which he was very effective at uh, when Nugent Hopkins was out, all of a sudden he's not getting any. So something to watch. But the other power play was dangerous. And again, one of the big reasons is everyone on the ice has the ability to score, and they're a threat. And we saw that the other night in Calgary when they scored the, the dry settle off the pass from Hyman. It was all set up because earlier Hyman took the puck to the net. Goalie had to stay back in the net. Now all of a sudden Drysdale has more room to shoot it. Uh, they shot the puck from the point a few times tonight. Barry had a couple big bombs from there. That's what makes the power play effective when everyone on the ice is a threat and we saw that more tonight than we have. Well, actually the more of the last couple games than we have and that makes it a much more powerful power play. All right, Oilers win 6-1. Back to the Hall of Fame room. Here are Ryan McLeod and Miko Koskinen. Yeah. Hey, Ryan, um, here, uh, career night for you, two goals, assist. Um, you, you seem to have some jump uh, early on tonight. Do you, can you feel that? Is that as obvious for us as it is for you? Uh, yeah, it's feeling good. Uh, I think we, as a group, we were pretty motivated after the last game, and uh, I just wanted to come out hard off the start and got one early and kind of started rolling. The uh, the power play goal, is that a set play, or is that just kind of something that happened? Uh, it's a Duncan Keith call. Uh, Miko, just wondering what you th how you think your team reacted to everything that happened the other night, how you guys maybe learned the lessons you needed to, but also just moved on from it? Yeah, it was really important that we learned the lesson from the last game. We really wanted to bounce back. It was an um, embarrassing game Saturday, and um, I think we got exactly the result what we what we needed, and uh, not just the result by way how we play. You know, we didn't give any Arman rushes, and uh, we played well. And it's um, I think that's the most important thing with uh, two points. You made a couple of uh, a couple of really good saves, but it, it didn't seem like there was a lot of really high quality chances. Did you sense your team was really trying to tighten up and fix some of those mistakes that were loose the other night? Yes, I think that's the obvious reaction when you give up nine goals. You, you need to tighten it up a little bit, and uh, and uh, we reacted really well and um, played tight game. Like you said, they only had like a couple of good chances in the game, and. Um, it's a good, good thing, and we have to keep that in our our mind and uh, that kind of mindset in, when we go forward. And how about just for you personally? Obviously, as a goalie, you never like to be in that situation, whether the goals were your fault or not. Was it nice for you to bounce back and to just put a really solid game out there after last game? Yeah, of course. Like every time when you face something like that, you want to go back as soon as possible and. Um, 
kind of going to wash your face after that kind of loss and um, that's a good good bounce back for the whole team not just me Ryan, just to follow up on Ryan's uh, first question there, uh, what quality comes to mind when it comes to the players in that locker room when you guys respond the way you did tonight? Uh, I think just resilient. Uh, you know, everyone uh, was pretty frustrated, and I think we came out pretty motivated, and it was good to see you know, our response, and it's, uh, it's a good test on the stretch for us. Ryan, I'm wondering about uh, the Gordie Howe hat trick. Did it ever cross your mind tonight? <laughs> uh, no, no, not tonight. <laughs> did, did you feel like you were close to the actual hat trick? Uh, I mean, you had your going to the third period. It was like a game a little out of hand. You got the penalty kill time in the third, but uh, how, how close did you feel onto the real to the real thing? Oh uh, yeah, I think we were just kind of trying to you know build good habits at the end of the game. Uh, it was a good test for us up five one there to you know kind of stick with it. And uh, you know I had a couple chances, but it wasn't really going going too far out of my way to try and get, get that one. Miko, can you? Um, it's not every day he's gonna Brian's gonna score two goals and get an assist, but when he's not doing that, can you describe kind of what he means? To the team and what he brings. No, he brings a lot, a lot to the table. You know, he can play in every situation, PK, PP, and um, like his skating ability is pretty, pretty amazing. You know, in that age, and uh, he's flying out there, and um, also a really good uh, locker room player. <laughs> Thanks. Oh. One last one for you guys. You know, it's kind of a blow game, and at the time maybe, but. Is there some jokes in the locker room when Evander Kane takes four consecutive penalties on, on four shifts in a row? Is is that joke worthy later on? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I think it will be. What would you say to him, Miko? Is he just he's helping your guys PK? You killed them all off, so it helped the PK stats. Yeah, I thought that was only three, but uh, was it really four? Well, because he had the penalty at the end of the second. There was four. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's good. Good work. <laughs> All right, Miko Koskinen, the winning goaltender with 31 saves. Ryan McLeod, two goals and an assist. First three-point game in the National Hockey League as the Oilers cruise past the Arizona Coyotes 6-1. I can also tell you two and a half minutes left in Los Angeles. The Kraken up 6-1 on the Kings. So it will be the Oilers and the Kings on Wednesday night here at Rogers Place with the Oilers just two behind L.A. for second in the Pacific Division. That one is on 6.30, Chad, with the face-off show at 6 and the game starting at 7.30. Get more on the Oilers on 6.30Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 6.30 Chet. Oilers Hockey presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 6-1. Oilers take it. Have a good night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.